Fans of the Dynasty Invest podcast, if you feel like there was one particular episode in the back catalogue in the anthology of Dynasty Invest podcast episodes that really, really, really was massively valuable to you, feel free to share that with a fellow dental colleague who's in a similar position so their understanding of finance can be elevated and they can hit the next level of financial success in their life. Also, as well as that, if you could take two seconds to rate and review this podcast, it would mean the world to me. What that would mean is that it drives this podcast further in terms of reach so that more dentists across the world can be able to benefit from the knowledge contained therein. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Dentists Who Invest podcast. Welcome back everyone to another episode of the Dentists Who Invest podcast and we are riding high because we have just come off the back of my interview with Benjamin Ahmed. What a clever little kid and he knows so much about NFTs. It's absolutely insane. And on the topic of NFTs, I have sat in front of me a gentleman called CK who is here to tell us about his experience in the crypto world and NFTs and why we believe in them so strongly, because I'm a big bull on NFTs as well. And we're here to have a little bit of a conversation to complement mine and Ben's discussion from the last podcast. CK, my friend, how are you today? I'm always all right. I always say, I'm always all right. It's everybody else. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good line. That's a good line, my friend. You know what? can Can I just put this in context for everybody who's listening? I met CK at CoinFest crypto conference way back in September and we've only just got around to doing this podcast and I was so blown away by CK what he's what what he's achieving what he's creating and also CK you've probably worked out already he's got the gift of the gab and he's going to be a phenomenal podcast guest and I'm looking forward to this one and CK you told me if my memory does not deceive me you told me that this is going to be your first ever podcast am I correct in saying that it is indeed mate yes Uh, I'm a little bit shy I'll say to myself as you can tell. Um, uh, no, I, I just really don't have any time. Uh, there's nobody's approached us with these uh, podcasts, but uh, it's been, it's, uh, yeah, it's something new for me. It's something new. Yeah, they're fun. Well, you know what? We all have to start somewhere. And I remember, you know what? My very first few episodes of my podcast, you should have heard how many ums and ahs there were and how I couldn't get my words out. And for you, it comes very naturally. So I think this is going to be a fun episode, my friend. So on the topic of NFTs and yourself, CK, maybe it might be nice for you to give everybody a little bit of background as to who you are and what you do, a little bit of an intro. Well, to be honest, I started off as a construction company owner. So I've owned my own construction company for 20 years. And uh, I saw that the way that we're being treated on the payment terms of things, uh, I decided to look into cryptocurrencies and how smart contracts work and then thought, well, this could probably help me and my business uh, to stop being ripped off by bigger companies. And that is the truth. That is exactly why I came into crypto. Uh, This is around 10 years ago. I started looking into it. And then six years ago, I actually made the move, uh, started allocating some assets uh, or some of our Uh, money into assets and uh, watched it grow from there. Uh, Watched the uh, cryptoverse grow, the metaverse, the NFTverse, absolutely everything to do with crypto uh, and fully submerged ourselves within it. That's awesome. You're a real go-getter. You just took the initiative, seized the moment and went for it. And I think that's cool. And that's part of what, that's a lot about what being an entrepreneur is. It's just sensing the mood, sensing what you, you know, that sixth sense for what's going to happen next and jumping in as well and making the most of it and fashioning it towards something unique that you can do and creating your own brand or your own essence. Yeah. And that is a phenomenal thing. 
you, I remember CK, you told me, there was a story that you told me when we first met and it was about, you will do it better justice than me. And it was about, it was related to the fact of how builders get paid. And it was something to do with the fact that you've got these shell companies and they've got these fake balances. Uh -huh. what, what was, can you, yeah, that, that so, stuck with me. So would you I'll, I'll, tell, you the, that? I'll yeah. tell you the example of what I've yeah. been through. And uh, this is the fact. So I've got around 20, 30 lads working for us, bricklayers uh, within the construction company. So we pay the lads every two weeks and on invoice to the, proprietary company like the principal contractor they've got 60 days to pay us so all in all we're probably sat on a good chunk of money that we've been paying out for 90 days before payment now when the company decide not to pay who do the lads come after do the lads come after the the, the boss of their company that's supposed to owe them the money or do they go after the principal contractor that owes their boss the money but it's clearly me so um, what was happening is that uh, the companies would get to their final endorsement or the final payment of, say, 150 houses per year that were building and just not pay um, with no reason uh, other than they can send small subsidiary companies bankrupt uh, because they're part of a group or part of an umbrella. So these companies would turn around and not pay us. Uh, we'd start to take them to court. Um, they'd turn up to court and say, OK, well, what we can afford as we're in liquidation is a pound a month and uh, offer us one pound per month for the rest of my life. Um, if I die, my kids get it, which is absolutely perfect. You're never going to see a hundred and ninety odd thousand pound bill uh, being paid off ever. So uh, I say once I saw the functionalities of smart contracts and how I can utilize uh, uh the ingenuity of the code then uh, that's why we sort of migrated and started uh, excalibur wallet that's awesome that story stuck with me and i remember you telling it to me and it really resonated with me from the point of view that you've taken this technology and you fashioned it towards your own world and we're now seeing how this industry is blossoming because these are all the possible permutations of smart contracts and the word of the moment nfts the acronym of the moment nfts so on that topic NFTs, can you please tell us in your own words for the laymans, the potential laymen that are listening, what an NFT is? So NFTs, what are they? Um, to me personally, an NFT gives your client base or your custom base value and utility. So the actual NFT itself is just a JPEG. It's just an MP4 uploaded onto a blockchain. And that is the basics of what it is. Now, the utility and the value is derived when we input the value to it. So as a dentist or a dentist practice that wants to create an NFT and give value to its customers, it would have a, let's say, a membership. So you'd buy the NFT for said amount and you'd get a year's membership or six month membership, whereas you'd receive uh, value. So you'd receive a teeth clean. Uh, per week or per month or what, 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 whatever the case is, um, as the business owner, you can derive your own value to give to your custom base. And that's basically what people are doing at the minute. So artists, are they don't need a middleman. They can interact directly with their community by, by listing an NFT. You can buy that piece of artwork directly. You don't need to go through an art shop. Now, I'm an artist and I'll do my own paintings and I'll go to an art shop and I'll pay for the window space. 
and I stick my painting in the window and then it won't sell. So you've just paid for the window and in a major city, it costs quite a lot of money and uh, you've got the probability of it not selling, but it's still costing you money. Now, by having an NFT, you're placing it onto a marketplace and waiting for your own community to interact with you directly. You've got no third party. There's no middleman. This is amazing for music artists as well. They don't need the the recording uh, companies to take 99% of their value and give them 1% in payments. Now, the recording artist can actually claim all of that value for himself or herself or themselves. So uh, it's just one way that we can give utility and value to our client base directly without using an intermediary company or middleman. Well, it's just an extension of the blockchain, in effect, if you think about it, because the whole point of crypto is that it removes, for there to be any need for a third party in any transaction, is peer-to-peer, isn't it? Now we're taking that concept, it's flourishing, it's blooming, and now we're applying it to art, we're applying it to media. And also, the other beautiful thing about an NFT is it can be representative of any agreement, any agreement whatsoever in the world, providing whoever creates it, whoever distributes it, backs that agreement up. So it's all done on reputation. And that's why it works in your industry as well, in that specific example. And you also told me about how you were going to fashion NFTs towards what it is what you do and remedy that problem you spoke about. So how do they work in that particular instance for yourself? So uh, a smart contract would be uh, enabled in the fact that the person that is wanting a construction company that would want a development constructing uh, would then come to us for tender. We would tender for that project. They would put their money into the smart contract. This smart contract is then derived between us both Whereas I've put in the limitations of how much money we would like per square meter. You agree to this. And then when we have completed the works, we come to you and say, James, we've done half your house. This is the amount of bricks. This is the amount of insulation. This is the amount of materials that we've used. Can you sign us off for quality purposes? You come and have a look. It's up to your exacting standards. You agree. I've accepted. And directly from the smart contract, I am paid with all taxes and all other things taken out of the pot uh, before it gets to me. This safeguards us both in the fact that I know that you've got the capital for the said project that you've asked for, and you're safe in the fact that you know that if I've done bad quality workmanship, the money is not paid to me. But it's sat in an independent pot, let's say, by itself. Real quick, guys, I've put together a special report for dentists entitled The Seven Costly and Potentially Disastrous Mistakes That Dentists Make Whenever It Comes to Their Finances. Most of the time, dentists are going through these issues and they don't even necessarily realize that they're happening until they have their eyes opened. And that is the purpose of this report. You can go ahead and receive your free report by heading on over to www.dentistsuinvest.com forward slash podcast report. Or alternatively, you can download it using the link in the description. This report details these seven most common issues. However, most importantly, it also shows you how to fix them. I'm really looking forward to hearing your thoughts. I love it. And you know what? We're just waking we're just awakening as a society 
to the versatility of these contracts because as time goes on, we're realizing all the, the possible permutations and that very specific example is how you've utilized this for your own purposes and you've created this functionality which remedies an exact problem and you can't be the only builder. And what the yeah. exciting thing is, you can't be the only builder who's ever went through that. And you, you'll, you'll, you'll agree, I can see you shaking your head. And I don't know anything about the building industry, but it can't be the first time that's happened. You know what I mean? No, I believe through and through freelancing, it works like this. Uh, there's a lot of people out there that work on a freelance basis where they're procuring works. And then for some unknown reason to mankind, the client, when it comes to the final payment, just doesn't want to pay. Uh, either they've run out of money, it wasn't allowed in their budget, they thought that they could get it cheaper somewhere else. Whatever the excuse is, there's thousands of people out there that go through this. So to alleviate that, that's that, that's what this sort of smart contract is in place to do, is to help both parties not get ripped off. And the exciting part is we're just at the start. This industry is still nascent. And there can only be more adaptations and functionality that we can realize as time goes on. And that is the coolest bit because crypto is still in its infancy. NFTs, we've talked about this a little bit already. Outside of your industry, how do you see them helping society at large? And why are you a believer in them? Not just for your trade, but elsewhere too. Yeah, as we've sort of touched on, I think that uh, it gets rid of the middleman. Uh, the middleman makes the most money. Uh, he's the one that puts the two people together. And they does the least work. And does the least work. They just skimming off the top continually. Um, but <laughs> and that's, that is, it's, we're getting rid of the middleman. Uh, by using the NFTs, you're directly impacting um, your community, whereas your community can in directly uh, involve themselves with you. Um, uh, I'll take an example of uh, Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis. They came out with their own NFTs uh, called Stoner Cats. Now, these cats are part of uh, a cartoon or an animated cartoon to which each of the NFTs is a character. So now they're setting up their own film studios. They're going direct to their client base, which is people who are interested in them as celebrities. So, uh, I mean, personally, I invested because I know they're big, quite big names and uh, possibly down the road in the future, it might be released on the TV and uh, it, it might appreciate uh, in value. Um, but these are the sort of things that uh, NFTs are creating is that interaction between even celebrities and directly to the average Joe. Um, look at Board 8 Yacht Club. Um, there's so many uh, celebrities that are involved with that that when you go into the metaverse, you're directly talking to Snoop Dogg. You're directly talking to Eminem. You're directly talking to these different celebrities, uh, which you would never have had the opportunity before. Never. Uh, I think there's, uh, there's a lot of youth out there, not personally, but there's a lot of youth in there that uh, appreciate uh, this mechanism, if you like. I'm going to take what you said. And I'm going to repurpose it towards the dental industry because we have to bear in mind that most people who are listening to this podcast are, of course, dentists. And here's mm -hmm. the impossibility. And you can you actually be interested to see what you think about this. This is what I was dreaming up about functionality for NFTs in the dental industry. Now, here's okay. something you probably don't know about the dental industry. When you go to a private practice and you join their subscription plan, that's actually managed by a third party. So they'll collect the bad debts, they'll collect the fees for you, 
they'll take a little bit off the top and then they'll distribute it to you, the dental practice, right? So uh-huh. you, you, most people don't know that, but the only reason yep. I know that is because I've worked in practices like that, yeah? Yep. So here's what you do as a dental practice with your NFTs. You cut out the middleman. You, right. you create your own practices NFTs. You sell them to patients, prospective patients who wish to join your dental plan. The holders of the NFTs get discount like they do in most practices when they join the plan. And they also get their checkups paid for every year, every, their six months checkup, and then maybe a visit to the hygienist included in the plan as well. Okay? Fairly standard, except what that means is that whoever owns that NFT, the dental practice gets all of the money for the practice plan rather than some. But here's where it gets crazy. Here's where it gets really crazy. Okay? The patient is still a member of the practice or, or well, maybe they are, maybe they aren't. Okay, they decide that they maybe don't want to be for a period of time. They give the NFT back to you so that you can rent it out on your their behalf to someone else who wants to be a member of the practice. Yeah, that patient pays the practice, but they also pay the patient who's the actual owner. That patient gets paid to own the, be a member of your practice. You get paid as well. And then... When the patient decides they want to move on, they sell their membership and you get part of the cut as a dental practice, which is a whole new avenue of revenue that was not possible ever before. And this is the exciting possibility of NFT. And you know, there'll be a lot of dentists listening to that. You're thinking, my head is spinning a little bit. Mm -hmm. That's because it doesn't make, it won't make sense. It's not something that we've ever encountered before. But even if you didn't understand that exact example, Removing a third party from anything yeah. can only be a good thing from the point of view that it makes more profitable. What do you think of that, CK? Oh, absolutely amazing, mate. Absolutely amazing. That's uh, it, It's starting your own economy, whereas people can interact with your NFTs, be rewarded for holding those NFTs. Uh, it's another way of, of residual income. Uh, there might be people out there that just do it for an asset allocation. I could buy five of your NFT memberships and rent all five of them out because it's making me a residual income over time. Uh, if it's in your own Denta coin or whatever you'd like to call it, uh, which there is a chap that has already created that token, so you'd have to think of a different name. But uh, you can have your own coin uh, that can be distributed to the NFT holders and uh, give them rewards in those tokens. If there's enough liquidity within the market, you can easily exchange those tokens for Ethereum, for Bitcoin or whatever else you'd like to exchange it for. And you just said something that I'd like to raise as well, because here's the kicker. You can get paid in Ethereum, which if you believe in crypto, you'll also believe that it's an appreciating asset, which would be therefore better than getting paid in pounds or dollars. You might argue, which is a depreciating asset. Maybe not everybody's going to be on board with that one, but there'll be some people out there with that mindset. And that's an extra selling point right there. It is. Yep. 100%. Yep. The, the more value and utility that you can bring to your client base or your custom base, the, the better off your practice is going to be or whoever's business will be. 110%. And on the topic of Ethereum, most NFTs are built on the Ethereum network. They are. Do you see Ethereum continuing maintaining a position on its throne as the king of smart contracts or do you see it being usurped by someone else how do you see that panning out so 
hard to say, but who is your, which smart, I suppose another way of asking this is, which network is are your NFTs on? Because naturally, by extension, by default, that will be one that you believe in. Yep. Uh, everything's on Ethereum. Uh, when you have a look at the crypto space in general, and you've got, let's say, the 18,000 tokens, um, how many of those tokens are built on Ethereum? And how many are built on Polygon, Binance, Solana, uh, and all these other projects that are starting to have smart contract capabilities? Where were they all born? Um, I'll tell you now, they was all born on Ethereum. Even Cardano, in a way, was born through Ethereum because of Charles Hoskins. He came from the Ethereum Founders Club. So uh, when he came out of there and decided to create his own ecosystem and smart contract capabilities and NFTs and all the rest of it, where did those ideas come from? I see Ethereum as the river of dreams and the rest of the crypto tokens as the little streams uh, that sort of come off of it which they do all of their uh, functionalities are perfect uh, within Sense. Say Polygon, uh, having no network fees or near to nothing on network fees, on transaction fees, uh, they're absolutely amazing. But what else do they offer other than a cheap uh, method of transaction? Everything's exactly the same as what Ethereum has. So to me, although everyone else is sort of uh, taking pieces of Ethereum and creating their own projects, essentially, they all are part of Ethereum anyway, or have been at some point. Uh, so for me personally, I'll stick with Ethereum. Um, when ETH 2.0, which is the future of uh, Ethereum comes, then we've got uh, cheaper transactions as well. So how cheap they're going to be, nobody knows. But um, I can tell you, we'll have a, a, another lease of life within Ethereum and uh, the adoption of it uh, once those uh, transaction costs come down. Um, we don't see uh, a hardship on uh, OpenSea with the NFT sales that everyone's uh, not transacting anymore. If you have a look at the top uh, clubs you know, within the NFT space on uh, OpenSea, they're only ever increasing, which means that people are still using Ethereum and the Ethereum chain. Despite its fees, despite its fees, of course. Exactly. For the moment, which are very high. I minted an NFT once, and to anyone in the crypto space, this is probably not that surprising, but to anybody outside the crypto space, a little, probably a little surprising or stunning that you might pay for this amount of money to mint an NFT. I think I paid $1,200, okay? Yep. Well, that's that's. it was a peak time in the market. It was actually... Yep. It was a not an IPO, but the the NFT equivalent of an IPO where you're 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 frantically buying and everybody's joining in. And yep. I flipped it. I did. I I actually just about lost some money on it. But that's how crazy the market is that people will actually buy it for that price as well. And I, yes, no, I didn't make any money, but I came. It was pretty close. So what that shows you is that that's laissez-faire. That's common trade in the crypto world for them to be bought at that price. So 1200 is gonna price a lot of people out for the time being. But okay. the idea is that as you say, we get ETH.2 on the ETH, ETH 2.0 on the go, transaction fees come down. And as well as that, because you can now get rewarded for staking your NF, your Ethereum, what that means is that there'll be less Ethereum freely available in the market and therefore scarcity goes up and therefore price follows that is the theory yes uh, and that's that, that's a very good theory to go by it is and it'll be exciting and that development is due to happen 
they're a little loose on the time frame, but some point this year, I believe. They keep moving the time frame around, but watch this space. Watch this space. We talked about ETH. Do you believe in any other cryptos? Do you believe in Bitcoin as well? Do you believe in the spaces? Oh, of, of course, of course. When you have a look at Bitcoin uh, itself, it's, um, it's, it's a good way to transact with mass wealth. So if I wanted to send you a couple of billion pounds, uh, I could send you them in uh, around half an hour for around a pound. Uh, you can't do that in the normal financial markets. Uh, if I wanted to send you just a million pounds, it's going to cost me around, I don't know, 18 to 19,000 to send it. You're going to have to wait four to five days for clearance. So whoever else has got to take their transaction portion. And uh, by the end of it, you've waited a long time. And uh, the money's a lot less than what you anticipated in sending. Um, with Bitcoin, you've got something there that, uh, although it's a little bit slow and clunky, uh, we've got to also think that from Bitcoin's inception, which was the seed, look at the amount of plants and trees that have grown from it. Um, everything that we've been working on at the minute through Ethereum and all the other blockchains um, will eventually, in my opinion, migrate onto the Bitcoin chain. If Bitcoin doesn't have smart contracts, the bigger projects that were at the beginning of the inception of crypto time, let's say, uh, where you've got your Bitcoin, you've got Litecoin, you've got uh, the XRPs. And although people create stigma and, oh, well, no, you should stay out of this, you should stay out of that, being a maximalist will never help you, ever, like ever. If you want to uh, have uh, wealth for the rest of your life, you need to allocate assets in different baskets. Um, you can't just sit all your eggs in one basket. It only takes one trip for you to lose everything. So uh, never do that. Uh, and within the crypto space itself, I say there's so many projects out there trying to get something new and innovative, uh, cross chains, uh, oracles. Um, we've got the metaverses being built. So oracles are going to be massive. Uh, to try and interact with each other. Um, I'm sure there's not just going to be one metaverse. There's going to be 20 million metaverses, or let's say 20 metaverses, all linked in together somehow. Um, whether it be, let's say, a hypothetical hotel. You're walking through a door and you're in metaverses Facebook. You walk through another door and uh, you're on the Solana uh, metaverse. You walk through another door and so on. So uh, there will be an integration of sort because that's what we've had from Bitcoin's inception. Bitcoin created something. Ethereum sort of made the uh, the connections between itself and Bitcoin. Then something else came out and they all have a cross chain of sorts where they've wrapped Ethereum, where they're wrapping Bitcoin uh, to integrate it within their networks. Bullish on the space in general then. It's oh, definitely, definitely. When we're so early... Uh, when we have a look at how early we are, um, it's what, 13 years, 13, 14 years maximum that, uh, that we're sat at at the minute. So uh, we're still we're still on that Metcalfe's law of uh, network effect where the word is spreading. And the more and more people that join, uh, the bigger the group gets uh, and assets have got to appreciate in value. Love it. There will be some people listening to this podcast who still don't believe in crypto, don't believe in Bitcoin, don't believe in Ethereum. To those people, what would you say, coming from a place of love, coming from a place that you genuinely, earnestly just want these people to maybe consider 
how it could help them. And even if they choose not to invest in it or choose to become involved in it, that's totally fine. But if they want it to go and educate themselves and learn and maybe begin or at least increase their understanding so they can make a decision from a point of view that it's educated on whether or not they like to be involved in the space, what would you say to those people and where do you reckon they should go just to gain a little bit of knowledge and then go from there? Honestly, I think it's completely fine however you think. If you are a complete uh, pessimistic about this space, then that's completely fine. That is honestly completely fine. But just look at what you're surrounded by within society. What other mechanisms are there that will save you if the financial market crashes, if the banks decide to have bail-ins? Now, a bail-in is completely different to a bail-out. A bail-out, we as taxpayers, pay the banks to bail them out of the crap, let's say. Now, a bail-in is where they close the accounts. They tell you, sorry, you can't withdraw any more than a tenner a day. It goes for everybody. And that is exactly what happened in Greece. There was a bail-in. What will you do if something like that happens in your country? If the banks close the doors to which you've left them the keys to your wealth, because they are now custodians of your money, what are you going to do? Have you got an asset allocation somewhere else that will save you from this? Whether it be gold, silver, we're not saying you've got to get into crypto. We're saying diversify what you do have in case something like this happens. But please take a look at crypto because since its inception, we're sort of nearly doubling our money every single year. And that's been for the past 13 years without a break. So it's it's up to you. Of course, it's up to you. And if you don't believe in something, you should never jump in. And even if after you have educated yourself within uh, cryptocurrency, which isn't difficult. There's a million people out there on YouTube that you can derive information from. So even after that, that you've decided that it's not for you, that's perfectly fine. But just be careful that you haven't got all of your eggs in one basket because, I say, one trip and you've lost everything. Fair enough. It's just about diversifying and spreading your wealth, you know, and as as much as I love crypto, as much as I think it's awesome and it can help so many people, I still would not put all of my money in one place. Just the same as I wouldn't put all my money in stocks or all my money in bonds or all my money in houses or all my money in commodity, all my money in commodities. That doesn't make sense. But to have a portion allocated to it, that's a different game entirely. Can I recommend one book? I'm going to recommend Cryptocurrency, The Future of Money, and it's by Paul Vigna, and I can see it over there on my shelf. That is the most comprehensive discussion on the ins and outs of Bitcoin, what it's designed to do, what Satoshi Nakamoto set out to create, and what it's supposed to remedy in society and the financial world in that book. So definitely would recommend picking it up. CK, you've been an absolutely fantastic guest today, and I have no doubt in my mind whatsoever that loads of people will have learned a lot about the NFT space and also the crypto space in general. CK, if anybody wants to reach out to you to learn a little bit more about you and what you do, even just to connect as in an altruistic fashion, just to learn a little bit more about the space, where might they find you, my friend? Yeah, you can go on the internet, www.excaliburwallet.com, and there's the Contact Us page. You can get my email address, send us an email. We'll respond within 24 hours. Um, we create people's generative artwork for them. Uh, we create their tokens for them. 
uh, and you can be part of our own ecosystem if you don't want to have your own. Absolutely, 110%. And can I just say, CK stole the show with his stall at CoinFest. It was bigger, better, bolder, more fantastic than anybody else's. It had loads of screens and gizmos and shirts and merch and things like that. And that's actually how we got this conversation started. And yeah, Excalibur Wallet, that's one that I'm going to watch. And I, I'm considering I'm going to buy one of your NFTs at some point, my friend, because I like the project. But also someone said something powerful to me once. Someone said, see the project, but see the person behind it as well. It's not just that. And you can sometimes see the project as a means to being involved with the individual. That's just the vehicle for doing it. That was some very powerful words. And you know what? On that note, I'm going to leave everybody with that. Thank you so much for an amazing episode, my friend CK. We'll catch Thank up with you soon. Thank you, mate. If you enjoyed this podcast, please hit follow or subscribe so you can stay up to date with information on new podcasts which are released weekly. Please also feel free to leave a positive review so others can learn about this podcast and benefit from it. I would also encourage any fans of the podcast to sign up to the free Facebook community from which the podcast originated. Please search Dentists Who Invest on Facebook and hit join to become part of a community of thousands of other dentists interested in improving their finances, well-being and investing knowledge. Looking forward to seeing you on there.